0: Welcome back to the Two Man Wall Podcast. This is Match Week 12, and that's it. We got it. We got our game of the year. We can stop now. It's done, (laughs) but there's nothing really that's going to, I mean, eight goals in in a big six game is just, that's it. That'll do it. Um, Not only that,
1: but now we have a five-team title race. We, we can say season? that for now. Let, let's, you know, <laughs> let's get our hopes up. Why not? I mean it's only twelve. I mean it wasn't it, but... it
0: wasn't it wasn't really a five team title race last week, but all of a sudden now it is. Thanks to some heroic efforts from Wolves and Chelsea. Um what a match week, and we are here to break it all down for you. I'm here with my brother Ethan. How's it going? And yeah. Juicy, juicy podcast this week. I mean, I was I was expecting a dip in quality after last week, but I think we're right back there again. Um and VAR stayed out of it for the most part. For the most yeah. part, um, it, they're never going to completely stay out of it, but it, they're definitely not the headline this week, and that's all you can really ask for at this point. Um, but before we get into all that, Ethan has a little bit of an intro segment for us. Take it through it.
1: Yeah. So just just some interesting, you know, stuff going on in the world of Twitter, uh, or I guess X now. Uh, so I don't know too much about. British politics, but apparently the conservative party in Britain, uh, was appointing some new members to their cabinet and they decided to take a transfer deadline day for Brizio Romano style approach to, to these tweets. Uh, so the, the first tweet, uh, says, in all caps, here we go with the little uh, siren emoji, just as Fabrizio would with the uh, British Prime Minister, you know, saying that he's going to appoint some uh, cabinet members. And then under this tweet, actually, Fabrizio Romano <laughs> commented <laughs> with like a uh, like eyebrows raised mouth open <laughs> emoji. But some some of the other tweets in here, um, Vicky Atkins to health, here we go. Uh, <laughs> the NHS has record resources with the Conservatives. Uh, there, there's some great ones here. He's back. Fire emoji. Congratulations, David Cameron. Um, agreement reached for uh Laura Trot. I mean, there are some, there are some absolute gems in here that you kind of just have to see for yourself to really get the sense of yeah how realistic it is for compared to like uh you know just a normal you know. Club transfer right now. It's <laughs> it's just great. It was just a great day for soccer Twitter. I I saw all this actually. I ne-
0: I never even got to the, the. Sometimes that's the way the algorithm works. Is they never give you the original. They just give mm-hmm. you the people like commenting on it, and that's how you get to the original. Yeah. It's that way in TikTok too. Um, but yeah, this was this was hilarious. And job well done to the uh to the folks in the uh Parliament. They, I, I don't. I, is it like a, some party that did it? Is it a party of of, of uh, like British politics that did it, or was it the actual Parliament?
1: Um, no, it was the it was the official Conservative Party, uh, oh, okay. that tweeted these out. Um, and surely they've just gotten like a social media manager from like Ipswich, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be like their social media manager or something because killed it. That that's what it feels like. Yeah, absolutely
2: yeah. hit the nail right on the head. Um yeah, this was this was good fun on Twitter, certainly. Um, um
0: and with that, we'll roll right into some match week twelve coverage, starting off with our first of three feature games. It's Wolves two, Spurs one, and it was not that way for very long. Um I believe it was yeah, Brendan Johnson's first uh Spurs goal um in the third minute puts a beaten, bruised and beaten Spurs team ahead. Uh, a lot of team a lot of commentators doubted what this team would look like, including myself, including the person staring at me in front of Zoom right now. Um, they came out and scored the third minute. Nine, 89 minutes later, eighty eight minutes later, Pablo Sarabia gets the equalizer on the ninety first. And then six minutes after that, Mario Lamina gets the winner. Molyneux, just a brutal place to play right now. I Wolves take all three against, at the time, I think league leaders, Tottenham Hotspur. Um, and this may be the first Domino to fall for a Spurs team that is really, really brutalized right now with injuries.
1: Yeah. Um, before we go any further, first of all, I think we just have to acknowledge how absolutely world-class that goal from Pablo Sarabia oh, was. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the first touch to take it, well, I shouldn't even say take it out of the air, but to control it in the air and set himself up, I mean, just absolutely perfectly. He does not break stride no. before he just lashes the volley at Vicario's near post. Um, yeah, just absolutely fantastic fantastical. Um, but yeah, this was, like you mentioned, this was sort of uh, undoing that a lot of people saw coming just because the Spurs team missing James Madison, the creative centerpiece of this team, missing their two center backs, two starting center backs who are three notches above. Yeah, the the options. I think it was Davies and Dyer who started. Yeah, uh, as the two center backs in this game. So obviously, big big uh drop in quality there. Um. Yeah, and still missing Udogi too on the left hand side. So, and it's going to be like that for another couple of games. I mean, Massa and Vandevin gone till January at least. And then the next two games, Udogi and Romero still going to be suspended. So, yeah, this was listen, Molyneux proven to be a place that is not easy to get three points at. Uh, but looking ahead to Villa and City. This was a game where they really would have wanted to take some points. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, this is. I think they almost needed to because one festive fixtures in general are just pretty brutal, and you need a deep squad going into that. I think that right now is a lot of teams that are beating up Man United. Same thing. Um,
1: Newcastle. We'll get to that later. Yeah, Newcastle. Yeah,
0: Newcastle's like shell of the team they were. Um. But yeah, this is this, honestly a game you need to get points out of. You can't, you can't lose it, certainly. Uh, maybe you can justify a draw, but like, yeah, going to the festive fixtures, Villa and City, like you said, like this, it's going to be tough. Right now, their number one midfield is Sar Basuma Hoybier. and that is just screaming out for a creative piece. And that creative piece, obviously, is James Madison, and he's injured. Um, I, I don't. See how a midfield like this would be really be able to generate a ton of wins in the Premier League. To be honest, as well as they've played, I think <laughs> replacing James Madison, who is their most creative player, with Pierre <laughs> Emil Hoyer, who is probably their least creative midfielder up and down the academies, um, it's just like it's a, it's almost a change of identity, and that is not what you want when you're contending. What it was what they were through 11 games contending for a title um i'm not gonna say they should totally shift their uh you know goals to just maintaining top four at the end of 38 games but it might be damage control until they get at least one of the two van Deven or madison back madison i said it before losing son or madison for more than two months is going that's it like title hope's over like, I think that it's damage control, and let's keep top four at this point. But it shouldn't be. But I think it is. Because I, that, it should not, and again, I said it before, you could go back and take the exact quote. It's not because of, you know, how poor the rest of Spurs are, because they have been playing well. It's really a testament to how well James Madison has played. Yeah. Uh, you can make an argument he is, like, the PFA Player of the Year through 11 games. And he is yeah now injured for this team. And that is brutal absolutely brutal especially when you don't have a guy off the bench to replace him you have LaCelsa, but they obviously didn't choose to play him he came off the bench but they they didn't even want to start him against the wolves team so they, they it's not like they started a defensive midfield cuz they were playing a uh, you know a really threatening team this is just the midfield they chose to play and it did not involve a cam i think that was a misplay from Ange again can't really fault the tactics so far from Ange but like i, I think maybe Hoybier Saar and Basuma was just a little bit too defensive. Um, but I guess after you get that goal in the third minute, that's probably the midfield you want out there to protect mm-hmm. that, especially Hoiber. Um And it worked for 90 minutes, damn near. Um, and then a couple moments of magic from Sarabia and then Mary Lamina. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I think, it, you know, football's so funny how it works like that. Like, basically they stole three points off of Sheffield at home when they were down one nothing and then they had mm-hmm. a stolen right back at Molyneux. So it really it really that's the beauty of a thirty eight game season is it usually comes around. Um and it certainly came around for Spurs on the day. Let's give some credit to Wolves real quick. Uh they they're fucking flying right now. Like this is this is like I this is a guy yeah. team I had predicted to finish eighteenth flat. And now they're up to twelfth. And have no signs of slowing down. Really, I mean, they passed the eye test too, because it's, they're not just like you know they it's seventeen shots to six in this game. Like there's no, there was no yet red card. It was seventeen shots to six, four shots on target to two. That's I mean it, it. seems like they were on the front foot for a lot of this game and against the top of the table, quote unquote top of the table, not the same personnel, but top of the table Spurs team. Uh, Molyneux is all of a sudden a fortress.
1: Yeah, no, Wolves absolutely deserved, at a minimum, a point in this game based on the balance of play. Um, Really, after the uh, Brandon Johnson goal, Spurs didn't really create a whole lot. And Wolves definitely had their chances. Cunha missed a really good chance in the box. Huang Yi Chan missed what well, I would say is the best chance of the game. Uh, even right after the Spurs goal. They came right down the field with Ait who had a pretty decent chance on a half breakaway. So, like the stats show, Wolves were really on top for a vast majority of this game. Spurs had a counter here and there, but based on the balance of play, Wolves were probably the better team in this one, whether they were so much better that they deserved three points, I don't know, but at the end of the day, all that matters is what's up on the scoreboard. And yeah. they got two really big goals at the end there. And I think even more importantly is the fact that it seems like they found a creative replacement for Pedro Neto, at least in the short term, with mm. Pablo Sarabia. Because coming mm. off the bench, scoring that majestic goal, and then supplying the assist for the winner. Um, listen, it was, a very, it was a very short cameo from him, so maybe it was just an aberration. Mm. But yeah. certainly, based on that, it seems like Wolves won't skip too many beats without uh their star man.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think we forget that they've lost their best player. Um, yeah, undisputed. Um, but it really, you know, one goal against Spurs. Their Spurs have what? I'm gonna go back to the table real quick. Um, Spurs have. 24 goals for in 12 games so that's two goals a game they're averaging they kept to one goal and really only a couple chances one of them Brendan johnson scored on so like it's it was a it was a workman effort from everybody up and down the the field not just the the creative pieces um but yeah i mean this wolves team with how they're playing at home getting petro Benacho back at some point like i i'm not gonna call him safe just yet but this is um especially like i said on other podcasts like with, the quality of some of the teams in the bottom four right now um it certainly seems like a survival campaign at this point in the season yeah <clears throat> moving swiftly along to crystal palace to everton three do my eyes deceive me or is that two wins from three and three wins from five for the toffees
1: uh, somehow it's true. And I think we're starting to get into the realm of considering the possibility that Everton may not be a completely shit football team.
0: Yeah. I mean, what are Everton fans going to do for the last six weeks weeks of the season if they're not stressing out about relegation? Like, ticket sales are going to drop. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Everton took the lead three times in this game. First time in the first minute from Michelinco. Second time... In the 49th, from Abdellah Decore, and for a third time, Teresa Gay, a player that I would have had to think about before I answered whether he was still playing at the club because I wasn't entirely sure he was still there, <laughs> but he was, and thank God for Everton that he was because he scored the winner on Saturday. Uh, goals from Crystal Palace came from Eze in the fifth and Utson Edward in the 74th, both of my fantasy team, and
2: Everton are all of a sudden in 14th place eight points clear of the relegation zone 12 12 games in i mean sean dice that's what he does scoring three goals
1: in the game is not what sean Dice does (laughs) i don't know what i don't know what sort of game this is uh but yeah i mean 10 points from a possible 15 in the last five games and eight goals too Three or two three goal performances amongst those past five games, and two consecutive away wins for the first time in three seasons. All just mind boggling stat. stats considering yeah. the last eighteen months that Evertonians have had. Um, yeah, not really, not really too much else to say. Not sure what's changed. Really, I but...
0: honestly they look like the same team. It just looks like the ball is just finding the net. Like, it, I really don't think that they've gained any. I mean, Dominic Calvert-Lewin coming back is definitely a boost. Um, sure. It's not like he's been ripping in goals, but he has gotten on the score sheet. Well, not in this game, but, um, you know, he's helped in the build buildup. Um, he's obviously a very Sean, Dyke, Sean Dyche-esque striker. Um, but, yeah, it, it's not like too much has changed. It just seems like crisper. It just seems like they're making less mistakes. And those mistakes are usually what led to, you know, even their best of efforts falling short in past seasons. And I, has Sean Dyche figured it out? You know, it's not like they're blowing teams away or comfortably winning games, certainly. But figuring it out is just keeping this team out of, the rele- out of relegation battles. And for now, they're not necessarily in one. So, well, that's a byproduct of how bad the bottom four have been. Maybe, but like you said, ten points from fifteen—that's that's all you can ask for for this season and more. Honestly, um, and this is away from home. This was um um <clears throat> at Selhurst. So, where do they look in January? I I don't even know. I am not an expert on this Everton team. In fact, they don't look that good at all. They're still playing Ashley Young at right back. Like this is this is <laughs> like. Where this where these performances are coming from, sheer will, I would say, is the only (laughs) like they're not even bringing on like Dan Juma and like guys who you might think might be sparks. It's they're bringing on Nathan Patterson. Like this is like they're just it's just the same strategy, and now all of a sudden it's working. Does that mean that it could come back and be shit again? Could this just be an upswing in form potentially? But. For right now, you know, live in the moment.
2: Yeah,
1: and on the flip side, uh, for Palace, the good news is that Eze is back and he was cooking in this game. Uh-huh. Um, won and scored uh the uh Palace penalty, which was the equalizer. Elise and, back too. Yeah, Elise back as well. Um, yeah, the two key creative pieces for them. Yeah. So despite not getting the result, the fact that they're back and still in great form. A positive for them and in reality kind of should have figured that palace would have lost this because if they had won they actually would have moved up to ninth place and okay, palace yeah, quite simply cannot be anywhere <laughs> but between 11th and 13th so <laughs> the the matrix would have been just completely <laughs> yeah. imbalanced. so actually they yeah. realized that is right the, they they realized that in the 85th and
0: then they <laughs> let Idrissa score in 86 yeah um Hodgson you know he knows what he's doing he's an experienced
2: veteran. <laughs> Um, and with that, we'll move on to, in my opinion, I mean,
0: it's good. you could go for five seasons and not see a game as good as this. Um, Chelsea 4, Manchester City 4. And let's walk through real quick. <clears throat> Starts off in the 25th minute with an Erling Holland penalty. Ethan, penalty or no penalty?
1: Um, I'd say it's a penalty. Some people are saying it's a bit harsh, like that they were grabbing each other. Yes, they were, but that's when they were face to face. Once Holland had gotten goal side, Cugrera yeah. just held on a bit too tightly. Holland went to ground. Could Holland have stayed on his feet? Maybe, but it's still a pen for me. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. I it's if Holland had if the
0: if the ball was better, Holland probably stays on his feet and scores. But he probably you know feels the shirt getting pulled, makes it look like a foul, which it was. You can't do that. Um, mm-hmm. The argument against it is, oh, that happens every single time, you know, Erling Holland goes in the box. That's true, but, like, it's usually not as egregious as that. The ball's not there, so I, I agree. Penalty. Chelsea come right down the field and get an equalizer through who else but 39-year-old Thiago Silva. Do you think Eder should be should be doing better here?
1: Um. I heard the commentators talking a little bit about it. I really don't think so. Ederson is obviously is moving towards the near post, and Tiago Silva just gets a flick on. Maybe his position could have been slightly better. Um. So yeah, technically Ederson could have done better, but I don't think Ederson should really be at fault there. Tiago Silva got a free run at the near post, so mm. I don't think Ederson is the biggest question mark on cities
2: the half mm-hmm. so yeah that's fair um so that makes it one one and then ryan sterling comes
0: down gets on the end of a reese james i believe took Correct. it off of uh ruben diaz's Guardiola. heels this was the, yeah, it was Guardiola. oh right it was Guardiola. yeah um yeah Guardiola made an absolute mess of a ball that was just kind of behind him off a deflection. Yeah. And he never really got his feet set, and it kind of just caromed off the back of his yeah. heel. He was going one way, the ball was going the other. Falls right to Reese James, who had an easy slot across to. Ryan Sterling, who was right place, right time.
1: And Chelsea take the lead at Stamford Bridge against Manchester City. Guardiola's uh, market value hadn't gone down that much since the uh, <laughs> World Cup
2: semifinal. <laughs> Then the equalizer, the second of two more, three
0: more equalizers, that would happen, um, comes from Manuel Kanji, an absolute free header. This one is purely just somebody losing their mark. Um,
2: yeah. Obviously, Chelsea's back line has been a little bit unstable this season, and I think that was byproduct of that. Halftime hits, 2-2. Brutal goal to give up in the spot they were in.
0: Um halftime restarts. Erling Holland wastes absolutely no time getting on the end of a cross. Erling Holland S goal, just diving towards the net, being a target, and force the ball over, over the line in any way he could. Almost, almost got a cold back for a handball, but the ball just cleared the line before it hit his wrist. So that would make it 3-2. And then Nicholas Jackson in the 67th. Um, gets another on to... absolute
1: world class goal, might yes, I say, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Um, gets onto the end of a parried save from a pretty well struck Conor Gallagher shot. Um, John Stones, who was next, the one next to Nicholas Jackson when Gallagher was about to strike it, like slides for some reason.
1: Oh, I, I was literally just about to point that out. I was <laughs> dying when I saw the replay of this because the original shot is like. Easily, like, seven, eight yards yeah. to his right, and he's just yeah. doing it just for shits and giggles. Yeah. And that directly leads to yeah, Nicholas it Jackson ends up being first It rebound. was his
0: responsibility to yeah. clear off the rebound, and Nicholas Jackson just has an empty net to put it into. Still has a little bit to do. Wasn't, like, yeah. you know, a free the freest of tap mm-hmm. but um still something he should be doing. Obviously, he, he should scored, have 27 goals this He scored year, two so.
1: more difficult goals this week than that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's true. Um Nicholas Jackson up to four in the league, I believe. Or five.
1: Up Might to six? Five. Six. Six. Oh my gosh. Yeah, crazy. This it's time to I have a conversation. This is the world we're living in. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start a
0: dialogue. Um so that's the third of four equalizers in this game. Twenty minutes pass, a series, a parlay of events, a parlay of deflections leads to the ball coming to who else but the born and bred game winner Rodri who hits it to the right of the net Roberto Sanchez dives left Robert Sanchez dives left and it parries off God knows whose ankle and goes into the side of the net and everyone thought that was going to be the winner but it was not. Balls worked into the Man City and finds Armando Broja. Substitute Armando Broja takes a great first touch in the box. Gets Ruben Diaz on a desperation slide tackle and completely takes out uh, Armando Broja. This one is pretty nails-on penalty. Um, Even Anthony Taylor got it right on the field. (laughs) That's how you know it's a goddamn penalty. Um, And the Premier League's newest pen merchant, Cole Palmer, (laughs) slots it away. Four four, four, wow, take a deep breath. Yeah. that was certainly uh, and, and not just a game of the season because it was eight goals, game of the season because like there was just so much that happened, and like it, it was it it was in the balance And four equalizers, you know that's yeah. that's that's ridiculous, like one. One one two two three three four four like it was it wasn't like a th- like a two goal comeback somewhere in there like that is an unbelievable game. Who do you what team do you want to start with?
1: Um, let's start with Chelsea because okay, they they're probably gonna go for they it. They definitely deserve more credit than City in this one, and I'll start with arguably the two best players on the pitch, Ryan Sterling and Cole Palmer. Um. Ryan Sterling was back in his twenty eighteen form. Uh, he was he was taking people on like nobody's business. I've never seen Kyle Walker cooked this much. Yeah. Ryan Sterling had Kyle Walker absolutely on skates this game. Um and he and Sterling just had so many runs too. Past Walker just being so direct, just running right at the city defense. He he was phenomenal and definitely his goal wasn't anything special, but he absolutely deserved a goal in this one. And Cole Palmer, again, his goal the goal in itself wasn't anything crazy, but his performance definitely deserving of a goal because he was one of the creative centerpieces of this Chelsea team. Again, just very direct, always looking to attack the goal, really developing into one of the key players for this still very much developing. Chelsea side so both of them really really deserve credit yeah
0: I agree I think another player that deserves credit is the only Chelsea player I have given consistent credit this entire season is Conor Gallagher he he continues to be very very good for this team and I'm not just talking about on the ball I think off the ball uh Enzo Fernandez is not much of a uh workhorse in the midfield when it comes to uh defensive work rate so having Conor Gallagher in there kind of – it's the Conte to the Fabregas in that uh, in the Antonio Conte side, how it, like, worked out mm-hmm. well. Um, that, that's kind of how, how it works. He, like, covers more ground, covers that, um, that space, and I think it, it works really well, and he's on form too. You know, some of the issue with Conor Gallagher is he just pissed the ball away too much. He wasn't. He's got a great shot on him. He, it led to the Nicholas Jackson goal. Um and he deserves tremendous credit. Uh Tiago Silva, obviously getting a goal. Uh, he, he he's one guy that like needs to step up because at his age he should be slowing down. Um and Chelsea, if he if Tiago Silva was slowing down and he wasn't really playable at this level, they would have a whole load of issues because they'd have to dip into to some other center backs that they probably don't want to dip into. So him stepping up is actually very big for Chelsea. Um Cole Palmer, Raheem Sterling. Obviously, Raheem Sterling, like, in his – he's still, like, what is he, 27? Like, he should be in his prime – 28. Like, he- this is his prime years, you know? And y- his sale from Manchester City would make you think that his prime years are over. And, of course, mm-hmm. the season he had last year would make you think that his prime years are over. But that was his 27. Now he's 28. Like, we could see prime Raheem Sterling again. And prime Raheem Sterling is borderline unplayable. And if Chelsea somehow get prime Raheem Sterling, that's a huge spark plug for them. Um, some other guys that I think, even so, in a four-four game, should have been stepping up more. Nicholas Jackson, uh, I, I honestly, I can If I'm a Chelsea fan, I can't wait for Nkuku to come back because they need they need a striker. Uh, if Nkuku steps up and plays that nine role really well, this, uh, Chelsea might take off. Honestly, if they play like this and take advantage of the moments they need to take advantage from of with a true striker that can finish. Nicholas Jackson gets his chances, but it doesn't really matter how many chances you get if you don't put the ball in the net. Um, I don't
2: care that the six goals, the three goals last week were bullshit. Everybody knows that. Um, and Cuckoo transforms this team, in my opinion. And I would love, I'd
0: like to see where this Chelsea team is positively once he gets back do we do you have any idea of what
1: his timetable is um i kind of thought it was in around like soon like late november yeah early december December maybe again very i'm just going off of what i heard like months and months ago but i feel like it's not too far in the future
0: (laughs) yeah um but yeah, I, and Cuckoo, I think, is like one of the missing pieces right now for Chelsea because they had a ton in the first 10 games, and slowly over the last couple of weeks, they found their form. And these guys that were, you know, maybe guys that need to be replaced are now stepping up, <laughs> like Raheem Sterling, you know, like Cole Palmer. Um, But dipping into City, this is what this is how I think even gave Chelsea the opportunity to be special in this game was that City. Every single game they play, regardless of who they play, regardless of the outcome, they always look in control. They always look like the game is being played at their speed. And even when they lose, it's because they, the moments they weren't in control. They're in, in control for 65-70% of the game. But for that 30% of the game, if they weren't in control, they slipped two by them or three by them. And that was that. They never really looked like they were in control in this game. The whole game, it just looked like they were. And I mean, it was it was a byproduct of them making mistakes and Chelsea being very active defensively and pressing and winning the ball back and making the best of their chances. Um, but they never really looked like they had a grip on the game, and I've that's something I haven't seen out of City in years. Rarely does a Pep Guardiola City side not have a like huge grip on a game in terms of possession, in terms of like you know trapping teams in their defensive third. That really didn't happen too much over the course of 90 minutes, and that's what leads to these four fours. Is that yes they have the talent to obviously score four times, but like usually you it's impossible to score four goals on City because you just don't get the ball that much. And possession was 55 to 45 to in favor of um, Chelsea, or in favor of Manchester City, I, I should say. Um, I would like to know the last time City played an 11v11 11 11 game in the Premier League and had 50 less than. Uh, at at, at around fifty-five percent possession, because even yep. in the, at the in the Arsenal's games, you know, and Liverpool's of years past, they still had their grip on that game. And when Liverpool beat City, in in you know in years past, or Arsenal beat them one nothing, like they still had their grip on that game. And you just have to take advantage of the times that they don't. And that's just how good they are. That's how good of a coach Guardiola is. This game, they just never seemed like they had that grip, and I'm not sure what it was. I, just one of those days, I guess. Uh, maybe it was Chelsea. I've said last year, uh, last last year, last week, um, that whenever Chelsea step into a top six game recently, it's like some kind of dark magic that is clouding the game, and just crazy shit happens. It really felt like there was some spell over City where they just could not find a grip in this game, and it allowed Chelsea to have a lot of opportunities and you know in weeks past chelsea just haven't been able to take those opportunities but chelsea looked threatening credit to chelsea on almost all those opportunities they that malagusta one sticks out to be immediately at three three that was Mm. i mean that uh, that's harder to miss um i mean obviously left foot for a right-footed wing back at that but like you know that's a chance that's a golden opportunity that's a 0.8 xg right there and like that that's that's the kind of chance generation Chelsea was looking at. I, I don't doubt that the XG was probably be ver- probably very close or even in favor of Chelsea.
1: Yeah, I think the the 55 45 possession I think tells you just a lot about how open this game was. Cause it wasn't like Chelsea's press was just insanely good and they were taking the ball off of City. What it really was is that every time City had the ball, the game was just so open that every time they were just countering right down the field and generating some sort of opportunity, a shot, a final third pass, whatever. There really wasn't much time for possessing the ball because Chelsea were coming at them you know, with a lot of numbers. And whenever City won the ball back, there was room to attack especially in the second half, it just felt like there was really never any really long spells of possession just because it was so open. So again, it just made for such an entertaining game. And that's, that's all you could ever ask for.
0: Taking a look at the table. um, These two points dropped from city, bring them to 28, uh, one point above Liverpool and Arsenal on 27. Liverpool, up on one just one goal differential on Arsenal, so pretty close there. Tottenham behind Liverpool and Arsenal on twenty six, two points off top. Um, and then Aston Villa three points off top on twenty five and fifth, and then there's a little bit of a gap in Manchester United. So this is a this is I mean, this is exciting. This is exciting stuff. Twelve games into the season from a neutral point of view, there's nothing you can't really ask for more than this, especially Aston Villa, like of all teams to be there. Um, Chelsea, on the other hand, sitting 10th, uh, one point behind West Ham and ninth, and then, uh, tied on points with Brantford in 11th, one point above Wolves in 12th. So, I mean, as, I, I, as a, ch- if you were Chelsea fan, you wish you put in these performances against the shit teams you lost to before, because you'd be sitting like seventh now instead of 10th. And maybe this rolls over. Um, but it, I don't know. It does seem like a mentality thing, you know, because they had the Arsenal game and they looked decent in the Arsenal game. Right. I don't think they played well, but I'll give them credit for decent at this point. And then they come back to Stanford Bridge and lose to nothing at home to Brentford. And then they go to City or wh- where, what happened in the next That was uh, Spurs. And they go to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and win 4-1. And then they take City at home 4-4. Like, there's a pattern there. That's, you can't ignore necessarily. And that's the big six games. Is it a mentality thing? Will they go up against, uh, their next game is against Newcastle. Okay, that, that's another team that's uh, difficult to play against at St. James for that matter. Um, but will they go into these games against the poor opponents needing to get results and just not perform? I don't know. It's yet to be seen. But um, for now, we must move on for the sake of time. And we'll move on to some scores from Around the Grounds for Match of Week 12. Starting off with Manchester United 1, Luton Town 0, Victor Lindelof with the winner in the 59th. Three points to three points right now for Manchester United. And they sit a pretty sixth, which is good. I mean, they have four wins from their last five. So, They're
1: in the best form technically in the prem. No other team so, has that.
0: I, I mean, everybody thinks Ten Hag's seat is heating up. They have, like you said, you know, the most points out of any team in the last five. Like this, is, I don't know. I don't know where people are coming from. Do they pass the eye test? Not even a little bit. Maybe that's why. So I don't know. And certainly their Champions League form doesn't help. But right now, sitting sixth for the season, they've had. Honestly, you'll take it. Yep. Um Arsenal 3 Burnley 1 comfortable relatively uh comfortable win for Arsenal against Burnley uh Fabre Vieira taking a red card in the 83rd I mean not really much could have done there kind of just went in I don't think I don't think he was even like malicious I think he was just protecting himself it's it's a red card like that's how you injure players like that's what you're trying to protect like it's a dangerous challenge technically um but I don't think it was malicious obviously you can't tell malicious intent but um mm.
2: Arsenal finished the game with 10 men, nonetheless, take three points at home against Burnley. Bournemouth 2, Newcastle
0: 0. I think we're starting to see what Newcastle's form is going to be like with this absolutely disheveled uh, squad that they have right now. In fact, Kieran Trippier got into it with, a, with an away fan. Yeah. <laughs> in a way newcastle fan um and he literally was just saying like we don't have any players because they don't and credit to him
1: like they do not i want i want um, to talk about that for a second how fucking yeah. entitled are these yeah. newcastle fans all of a sudden lose one fucking game to bournemouth like yeah. you beat psg like three weeks ago have a fucking grip dude 18 months ago you were dead bottom yeah like <laughs> have some perspective
0: i mean yeah i Jamal Sells, like, Lewis Hall. I, I don't even know who this Miley guy is. Probably an academy guy. Lewis Miley in the midfield. Yeah, um, yeah just made his debut. Yeah, uh, Joe Linton's in the front line, and that's how you know it's bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is it's dire times right now for Newcastle United. Losing <laughs> Tenali to injury, losing Botman. Oh, uh, not Tenali. Tenali to suspension, Botman to injury, Isak to injury. Is, uh, Izzak's coming back, actually. Um, also, Callum Wilson was injured for this game. So yeah, this was definitely an uphill battle from the start. You're going to say something.
1: Just want em- just want to emphasize how bad the uh, Newcastle injury crisis. Just look at their substitutes bench. Uh I see uh, Ben Parkinson here on the bench, probably just an academy player, and the photo for him is literally just the words photo for Ben Parkinson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a, I mean it's his, it's probably the first time he's ever put
1: on an actual Newcastle shirt. Um we wouldn't know. There's it, no photo for him. Yeah, There's it can be in a Newcastle shirt. That's true.
0: <laughs> Nonetheless, big two point, big three points for Bournemouth. Um, they pop out of the relegation zone, now sit seventeenth on nine, three points above Luton Town in 18th. So great time to play Bournemouth at home at great time to play Newcastle at home for Bournemouth. Aston Villa three. Fulham one comfortable win for Aston Villa, a team that's been a little bit off form recently. Nice to get back on track. Uh, Anthony Robinson own goal. Nice to get on the score sheet for an American.
1: Um, Why do I feel like Ra- he scores an own goal every other week? I don't know if that's just <laughs> me, but I swear. He's, um, he's had like five.
0: <laughs> I don't like necessarily disagree. Now that you mention it, like it could be just like a deja vu thing. But, um, Raul Jimenez back on the score sheet. That's nice for Aston Villa, but or for Fulham, but. Um, a mere consolation in the end. Uh, Bor- uh, Brighton won, Sheffield United won. The slide for Brighton continues. Um, not only that, but they took a Mah- Mohamed Dahoud red card in the 70th minute. Um, drawing Sheffield United at home is not something that any team really wants to be doing right now, regardless of stature. And Brighton, with some injuries, but really just completely off form, um, hoping for Brighton's sake that we can get it back on track. But right now, has not been pretty they currently sit eighth and they were like top four <laughs> for like a couple weeks there yeah um the winless
1: five yeah which is for brighton five. standards uh pretty damn atrocious yeah. especially considering uh, yeah. some of the competition yeah. i think they drew everton last week as well like really yeah. really subpar
2: yeah uh west ham
0: three nottingham forest Two, West Ham back in the win column after three consecutive losses. Um Tom 88th minute winner, um, sees the Hammers get three points. Pretty big. Um, I feel like Nottingham Forest games like always go over like three and a half goals. Like they're just always entertaining. Um, but nice to see West Ham get back on track. They're now in ninth, uh, one point above Chelsea in tenth. Uh, Nottingham Forest slipping back into that relegation battle, still a healthy what is that seven points off relegation but you know 15th you're never too far away and last but not least uh Liverpool 3 Brentford 0 this one was pretty comfortable for the Reds Mohamed Salah in the 39th and 62nd and Diego Jota in the 74th um Brentford a tough opponent nowadays just got to win against Chelsea but really no match for Liverpool and Anfield on the day and that's how match week 12 would conclude. Let's roll into some match week 13 predictions. We got a little bit of a uh, <clears throat> sizable, um, what do you call it? International break in between these games. So stick these predictions in your back pocket for a couple of weeks, but you will need them eventually. And coming up next week, we'll start off with Manchester City versus Liverpool at the Etihad. What do you got, Ethan?
1: Yeah. Um,. Despite dropping points in three games this season, City are still perfect at home, and Liverpool only have the seventh best away record with two wins from six away from home this year. So even though on paper this looks like a really tight matchup, uh, just because of the the records this season, I'm going to give City the edge and give them a 2-1
2: win at home. (sighs) Yeah, I'm... Like... If if a game could possibly give
0: the 4-4 a run for its money, I think it could be this game. Like Liverpool have been attacking really well this season. City looked very shaky last week. Still scored four goals, but again, never really had a grip on that game. Uh, Back at home this time, which is obviously a good thing for City. Um, I still think that. I mean, they haven't looked fantastic in the last couple weeks. They haven't looked like you know like complete dominance so they're not on the most
2: perfect of form i think this game could get crazy too uh 2-2 two, two. um and then the second and last of the
0: predictions this week will be newcastle versus chelsea at st james ethan what do you got more dark magic
1: uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, Chelsea really only, just, only seemed to turn it on for the big six. And yeah. given Arsenal struggles at St. James's last week, I don't feel that much more confident in Chelsea, especially since with the international break, Newcastle should get a couple of players back. Not everybody. Yeah. But I think, um, I think Isak and Wilson should be back, which is gonna be yeah. huge for them. Maybe Botman. Um maybe Botman as well. That would be huge for him as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. And given how well Newcastle played even with their depleted squad against Arsenal, obviously Bournemouth, you know, things kinda fell apart for them, but I think the injury the injuries were even worse and maybe it's just a bit of an aberration of a performance. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm not loving Chelsea's chances in this one. Uh, Newcastle three, Chelsea
2: one. I don't know. This Chelsea team is pretty vulnerable. I
0: I don't know if I'm ready to give them the credit for I mean, for the team they were. Like they're they're just they don't look great. They don't look good at all. Like they looked like shit against Bournemouth. It's not like they just, you know,
2: got cheat like cheated or like just got unlucky. Like no Gamarsh either. Um,
0: I think we could see something very. I mean, Chelsea are on technically better form, and I think have better talent in their squad right now. Uh, I don't know if they're going to go to St. James and win, so I'm going to say one, one. boring to 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 draw predictions this <laughs> week. But with that, we will roll into our closing second. And this week, we've got ourselves a little bit of speed tiers, and it is 4-4 themed. Chelsea 4, Manchester City 4 themed. And we got two speed tiers, one each. Ethan has got... Ethan's going to be answering the best things that I can think of that come in fours. And I will be answering the best things that are $4 or less. Actually, I changed it at the last
2: minute.
1: Cause... What'd you change it to? Yeah. Uh on paper, it was a good idea, but then I realized that other than the Wendy's four for four, I couldn't find much else <laughs> that practically that universally is four dollars. You know, I don't think it even inflation anymore, economy so. and all that. Yeah. yeah, even five. I was even looking on five below, and things were like fifteen bucks, and I'm like, society's <laughs> down the drain. Oh my god, uh, are you serious? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so for your speed tiers, you're going to be ranking uh four star TV and movies. Four stars on the IMDB uh
2: scale. Sure. So. Okay. Um I'll let you go first. I'll I'll read off mine first. Alright. Are you ready? I'm ready. We're gonna start off strong. We're gonna start off with the NFC East. <laughs> C Go one to One you know very well, and one you just mentioned. The Wendy's (laughs) four for four. A. The Ghostbusters. B. Mount Rushmore. A. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A. The American Time Zones. D. (laughs) Eden Hazard's
0: career goal tally in La Liga.
1: (laughs) I guess it has to be D. I mean, (laughs) not an impressive four there.
2: Corner flags. C. The Beatles. A. Like, some people may crucify me for not playing that (laughs) fast. (laughs) What? Hogwarts. B. No, notoriously of four houses, if anybody didn't get that. Mm. And last but not least, the Diamond Midfield. Notoriously of four central midfielders. B. And that rounds out your list. Any, any ones you'd like to change? Anyone's.
0: Maybe yeah. move down, move up? Yeah, out?
1: I feel like. I mean the fact that I didn't have any in the S tier, I feel like maybe maybe I should Sometimes have put the Beatles up there. You know? Maybe the uh maybe the Ninja Turtles were deserving of an S tier. Not a fan
2: of the Diamond Midfield? Nah.
1: I don't know. I feel like box midfield is more the uh is more in vogue right now. Sure. Uh I mean it certainly slapped uh back in the FIFA fifteen days, four one two one two. Uh sure. <laughs> sure.
2: Um okay. I'm ready. All right. So again, this is
1: a uh, four-star rated TV and movies by IMDb.
0: Sure. All right? Hopefully I've seen all of them. Not much of a TV person, but I'm a movie person.
1: Yeah, I tried to see tried to, or tried to put down all ones that you either had seen or definitely knew well of. So, sure. Alright. And just also another disclaimer just for your sake, all of these these are all four stars, so all of them are pretty good. So just okay. keep it yeah, relative. Good point. Good point. All right. Good point.
2: First one, six cents. B Brooklyn nine nine. S community. Never seen seen a couple episodes. It's good. I'm a Donald Glover fan. I'll say A. Finding Nemo. B. Doesn't really hit me. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm. A. Classic. The, hang- the Hangover. C. Not my kind of movie. Really? Alright, uh the British Office.
0: That I truly have never seen. But I hear it's very good. Not as good as the American
2: Office, though. So we'll go see. The Wolf of Wall Street. A. Good movie. Regular show. Ass. Quickest ass. Super bad? I'm conflicted because I like that movie.
1: But it's just, like, so over, like, watched, honestly. So I'm mm. going to say B.
2: And final one, Spider-Man No Way Home. Ah. Compared read the other one, C. I like Tom Cumming better.
1: All right, all right. That rounds it out. So yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and regular show in the S tier. Happy with that? Yeah yes very happy with that i mean broken Nine. if you haven't seen it like go watch that it's it's just
0: fantastic yeah. and andy sandberg i everything andy sandberg's ever done i've liked so maybe it's just that um pop stars is, no, is like top five movie for me um oh yeah fantastic and uh regular show is just iconic like for, it's one of those shows that like you watch it as a 10 year old hilarious watch it as a 20 year old
1: hilarious like same thing with yeah. uh it's timeless let's go
0: yeah same thing with Amazing World of Gumball. If you haven't seen Amazing That's World of Gumball, ex- took so it good.
1: right off my lips. Like it's it's just never not funny. Like Exactly. Damn. I was, um, I was honestly surprised a lot of these were only four stars. Like I was expecting uh like Ferris Bueller's Day off Wolf of Wall Street. I'm surprised those weren't at least four yeah. and a half star movies. Yeah.
0: Wolf of Wall Street is like uh, just another sh-
1: movie that's like, I guess very just good. Like, kind of like, cult classic. Yeah, it's like every. And by everybody cult, I mean frat it. boy classic. Yeah, yeah. I'm just around, with so, many I'm around yeah. so many finance bros. I'm around
0: so many finance pros all day at business school that I'm just like so fucking over that movie. Mm. It's fantastic. And if it's on, yeah. I'll watch it. But like.
1: Good list, good list. That's why I didn't put American Psycho on here. I thought it'd just be too finance yeah. bro uh, exactly. <laughs> focused. <laughs> Sigma Male. <laughs> yeah (laughs) um and with
0: that we'll round out the podcast for this week match week 13 coming up not this week but next week enjoy your thanksgiving um we will not have a podcast next week i will be stuffing my face um but i will have the um club the collegiate club soccer national championship uh tournament which i'm playing in this week um recording this on tuesday i'm actually leaving for the airport tomorrow morning still got a pack in classic brayden fashion um (laughs) but yeah, 6 games in 3 days. I don't know who came up with that idea. That's like a human. That's like a human rights <laughs> crisis. Like you should not have to be doing that at my age. Like uh seriously, like the coast Game guard might come down shit. and get involved. Seriously, like I played 4 games in 2 days for regionals and I had to ice bath twice. Anyway, wish me luck on that. Uh, that starts on Thursday. And with that, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Adios. See ya.